Here's Chris and Jess. Hello, everyone. Happy Easter Sunday. We're <laughs> celebrating Easter. <laughs> Happy Thank Easter Sunday. This is now serving with Chris and Jess, and we're about to serve the tea as we do every Sunday here on the the Now Serving podcast. But we are we are not coming at you live. We are not coming at you. Um, we didn't record this moments before publishing this. Um, we are actually, we're recording this a little early because right now, as this is being published, um, we're probably on our way to the airport. We, uh, probably just had a fantastic trip in Vegas (laughs) (laughs) and we're, we're probably feeling a little rough making our way to the airport right now, but Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I also I also would just like to say in addition to happy Easter happy Passover to all of our Jewish friends as well yes I think it goes on until next Saturday next Saturday the 7th wow. mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask pretending that we know everything that happened in Vegas because we're recording this before we go, but pretending that we know what was your favorite part of the trip? (laughs) Well, gosh, there were so many key moments. Um, (laughs) I think my favorite part of the trip was um, when you came to the Grand Canyon with us. (laughs) And, And uh, yeah, that was really fun. Or that that one night that we did that thing. Remember, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we did I can't that. We all did that. That's crazy. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So. And but I don't really remember going to the Grand Canyon though. That's really <laughs> fun. <laughs> Yeah. I, I seem to forget that part of it. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. <laughs> um, great. But it is Easter Sunday. It I'm is. sure we had a lot of fun. I'm sure we had a lot of fun in Vegas. We'll tell you guys actually how much fun we had next week. But, um, but yeah, it's Easter Sunday. So we won't talk a lot about this. Jess, did you celebrate Easter Growing up, or do you? I know we're not really celebrating it now. These are hungover on an airplane, probably. But uh, <laughs> did you celebrate it growing up? What, what did that look like for you? Oh yeah, oh yes. Easter was a big deal in my house. Well, I grew up Catholic. I'm kind of a non-practicing okay. Catholic now. Um, and when I say kind of, I mean completely non-practicing Catholic. Um, but growing up in my house, it was a big deal, but it was always so fun. I think, oh, I loved Easter. I still love Easter because all the baby animals and the pastels is just so damn cute. Everywhere you go, oh, the little lambs and the bunnies, like it's adorable. Everything is so cute and like light pink. I like that color. It is nice. What did you guys do? <laughs> like, here, glad you like the colors of these. No, I agree. Though. It is like, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, like- well, when I was a kid, okay, there, listen, you, you have to keep in mind that growing up, my mom was 
she was extra, like extra. So shout out to Cat Chat. <laughs> yeah. So um we used to well of course we didn't eat meat on Good Friday. So we would always have like a like a veggie pasta or like fish or something. Um, and that's usually when we would decorate our eggs. So my mom would buy a whack load of eggs and we would decorate them, you know, dye, dye Easter eggs, sparkles, glitter, stickers, coloring. Um, and then we have you. Hmm. So that's what we would do on the Friday. We'd probably go to church at some point as well. And then on the Saturday, I don't know, we'd probably be prepping for like some sort of like big meal that my mom's making. Um, and she would always make like a, like a, like cookies or some sort of dessert. Like I remember she would make um, Rice Krispie squares, but they weren't squares. They were like nests. Like she would mold them uh, into nests yeah, and then yeah. put dyed like green coconut shavings as like grass and then put like a peep, you know, those peeps, those chicks mm-hmm. with like mini eggs. So it looked like a little peep with like, like a chicken or whatever, like a yes, yes. With eggs. So cute. Um, and then of course, Easter Sunday. Um, well, my mom always had like an Easter tree as well. This is a Kath chats thing. She does a tree for every holiday, not just Christmas. But when we were oh, growing, <laughs> when we were growing up, the tree was um, what do you call those branches that come out in the spring? Oh, um, pussy willows. <laughs> you know those. Okay. Yeah. So yes, my yeah. dad would go and chop some down from. I, I don't know where he got them from. And we would hang like little tiny Easter eggs on them and pastel colors and like little lambs and whatnot. And then I don't. We'd always wear like something really nice, like a like a Sunday dress to church. And, um, oh, but before that, oh, excuse me, let me back it up. Saturday night, <laughs> Saturday night, it's been a while, right? Um, <laughs> it's been about a year since we've celebrated this, so I don't remember. Um, <laughs> um, Saturday night, we would always leave carrots, like, you know, those big carrots with the green ends on them? Yes, yes. We'd leave yeah. them out for the Easter bunny, obviously. And now, now I'm like, poor Doug, Doug, my dad was probably like gnawing on a carrot for who knows how long. And in the morning we'd be like, oh my God, the Easter bunny came and look, he chewed the carrot all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Poor Doug gnawing on a carrot. Um, Yeah. And we'd have like an Easter basket. And then of course we would have an Easter egg hunt, which is pretty well for my brother and I was like the start of every sibling fight we've ever had because mm-hmm. we're both competitive in that way, I guess, where it usually ended up with one of us being like, fuck this. <laughs> of course, we've never used that language in front of our parents. But um, yeah, my my dad would always hide Easter eggs everywhere. And then if I couldn't find them, they do like the hotter, colder. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, no, it was great. Easter was always like a really wonderful time. I and oh, it was just the best. Like as a kid, my Easter basket would always have like new pajamas and a skipping rope and sidewalk chalk in it, like stuff to do outside and bubbles. Those were like the staples. Like I would always be like, yes. And then the bubblegum tape. Do you remember that when we were kids? Yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Bubblegum tape. So I'd be so excited to go outside finally a little bit warmer and use our sidewalk chalk or sometimes my mom would put like a kite in there or something always something to go outside and like books 
Um, yeah. And, and we would, my brother and I would literally kill each other trying to find who had the most Easter eggs around the house. (laughs) And yeah, we, yeah, we had to eliminate the hunt from our Easter tradition because Dan and I would just get into such a big argument. Also, you know, he's a little bit more athletic than I am. So he would be able to (laughs) like push me out of the way. (laughs) But no, it was always a wonderful time. I really love Easter. And then we'd have like a big meal. Like we'd have turkey. And usually we go to like my, my, my aunt's house or they come over. My grandma was always there. And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. And we go to church and all of that. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. And that's actually interesting. I know before we started recording, I was like, I don't even think I did much for Easter. But I know we did a lot of the same thing. We did like the Easter egg hunt. We always like decorated or like dipped eggs in like this kind of like food coloring <laughs> thing. Yeah. And like, it was like, this like cool. Like I agree. Like you could have like these cool, like pastel colors on the eggs. Mm-hmm. Then we eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, with the Easter egg hunt was always so much fun, but mm-hmm. then yeah, our dog, we, we had to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We didn't have a dog growing up. It wasn't until we were teenagers. So my dad would always hide an Easter egg, like in the microwave. Like we always had, like, there was always places he would always hide them no matter what. And Dan and I would like race to open the microwave <laughs> um, <laughs> just so that we could beat, beat the other one. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. I think Easter's, well, Easter's a big deal for Catholic families, I think. And uh, especially like a lot of the kids I grew up with were, um, children of immigrants. So a lot of like Portuguese, Italian, like European immigrants and Easter is like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great. And now I'm in Sin City <laughs> on the holiest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure we had a blast. <laughs> yeah. A blast. And you know what? I actually remember years ago, remember when Lady Gaga released that Judas song? Remember back way back? Yes. Okay. I, well, I have to think about that, but yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I was like playing it at Easter. My mom was not having it. She was very upset. And it, <laughs> she was like, turn this off. It's Easter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, but Lady Gaga, I love her. Well, you know this now. Um, yes. Yeah. No. Easter was always wonderful, and when I see the, when I see all the like mini eggs and the tulips and everything, and oh yeah, it was so great. It was so great. I only have good memories of Easter. It's like one holiday where it's just been always nonstop fun, and it was great. That kind of makes me sad that you didn't have like, or I guess I just never considered that other people didn't have these like extraordinary Easter's because like everybody else that I knew had that too. Well, we did like, we had an Easter egg hunt. We decorated Easter eggs. We didn't like, right. We had, we normally had like little baskets and stuff, Mm -hmm. but we didn't do like, it definitely like wasn't a huge holiday for us. For some reason, like, I think we did, like, our family did, like, more for, like, Valentine's Day, which is kind of random. But, like, that was, like, an exciting thing for us. And we normally had, like, our parents would get us, like, kind of, like, gifts in, like, these baskets of, like, chocolate and stuff mm-hmm. in it for that. But, but I guess, like, Easter, we did, like, kind of Easter egg hunt and stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, a crazy thing, though, for sure. But also, too, like, um, 
my parents aren't overly religious like their parents are but yeah uh, but like growing up like we didn't really go to to church or anything like that so i feel like maybe that's why it wasn't as big of a deal for us mm-hmm. but i do know like obviously like you're saying i do know a lot of people that really celebrated so yeah my old roommate she went to Italy for Easter one year. Like she was visiting a friend and, and she was the, away the week that Easter happened. And she said the entire country shut down while she was there what? She was like for like the four days. She couldn't, nothing was open. There was nothing to do. She was like, yeah. I was wandering the streets. It was like empty. Um, so yeah, Catholics take it really seriously, but um, yeah, Easter was, and Honestly, I always loved Easter Sunday because it was an excuse for me to wear a new dress that my parents would always and like my brother, my dad would wear like little suits or ties or whatever. And um, yeah, I can always remember that's the first time my mom let me wear heels. And by heels, I mean like (laughs) something that was not like, you know, like, like children heels. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in high heels and my new dress for Easter. Like I just thought I was like, like a stunt queen walking in that church. Oh yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Mm -hmm. But things were different then, different now, whatever. Mm -hmm. Things are always changing. They are. Evolving. Um, speaking of things that are always changing, I found this. Oh, look at that little segue. Well, wow. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I can can see that. Yes. yes, Award winning. Um, no, speaking of things that have changed, um, found this interesting article and we were kind of talking about a little bit, six ways Life is easier for millennials than it was for their parents. Um, so I thought this was interesting. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. Because it's, I think it's pretty well noted now and pretty well documented that that's normally not what, what people say or how people feel. And I think there's a lot of information to prove that um, in a lot of ways, life is a bit more difficult for quote unquote millennials. And millennials are uh, defined as people that are born between 1981 and 1996. And I would say a, a lot of ways, like life is a bit more difficult for, for our age group. Would you agree? Uh, hell yeah. Okay. In, in different I ways. There are, there are, there are some things that are easier for us. What, what are the things that the article but, says? Or sorry. Right. So this is saying that, yeah, there's six, here's six ways that it is easier for us. Okay. Um, one of them is the fact that we have social media. So we can stay in touch with family and friends on social media. Um, so, you know, you're not having to, to, you know, do necessarily as much traveling or you can, you can talk to someone, you can see their face very easily. Um, I mean, obviously like people used to have Skype on their computers and before that, just like a telephone. Uh, MSN maybe- Messenger, excuse me. Well, that, yeah. but now you can easily just like pick up your phone and, and FaceTime or, or do whatever based on, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you have installed mm-hmm. on your phone. I think that's a huge change or like, you know, remembering birth dates, like what people are up to. You can go on Facebook and creep someone's whole life. Yeah, that's, yeah. See what, is, see what essential oils they're selling. <laughs> or candles, soy candles. Oh. That's all I see on Facebook. <laughs> you know what? 
I no, but I also I respect that. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, I see with my my landlord cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a little baby, and she um, they keep in contact with with their extended family. Like they're often FaceTiming people, and the baby sees people and and whatnot. So I can see how it's advantageous for that reason. But I know that I feel like honestly, social media, a lot of it, that it's toxic and the tox, toxic, toxicity, what's the word, whatever it is, um, <laughs> outweighs the benefits. I think, I think just, just I saying. would agree. I think, yeah, I agree. I think, I think, I think you I take agree. out a personal element of something. I mean, aside from the fact that you can see somebody who's around the world, that that is, again, that's a huge plus. But that means that you can also do that to people that you should probably be seeing more in person. <laughs> like, I don't know, friends or... But here, okay, so here, like, this example, though, um, my grandpa, who is 94... I should know 94. Um, he lives in Victoria. Um, like, so if, for those of you not in Canada, it's like out West here, like very out West. Um, and um, so he can now chat with members of our family through like uh, he uses Google duo. It's like on a device that he has. So he can tap a button and see our faces whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. That is. Yes. That is cool. Do we I use agree. it as much as we should? No, but but it is cool. Like mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, but back to this. So also, millennials are meeting their partners online, and the results, uh, and this is resulting in relationships that might be stronger. Do you agree with that? Sorry, can you repeat that sentence, please? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no, that was a that was a facetious. <laughs> statement the resulting relationships might how where i what uh, okay so <laughs> can i say so i i agree with this statement so i think if you meeting people online you know more about like who they are as a person like yes it's important just to like talk to them learn things about them but i think you can figure out like more quickly is this someone that could be a good match or Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree. I actually what? detest online dating. <laughs> I detest it. Um, because the limited experience that I do have with like these apps or whatnot, it's just, uh, it's not for me. Maybe it is for other people. In fact, I know people who have been married. Like I've attended weddings of people who met on different apps and whatnot. Um, and they seem to have great relationships. I think it's to be a hundred percent honest. I think it's a luck at the draw sort of thing because oftentimes, and I just hear horror stories from my friends, like both men and women who are like, yeah, I've been stood up or this or this or this. And, People portray, well, you know, people portray themselves much better when you ha- when you have control over the way that you want to be seen versus how you actually present yourself in a face to face situation. Um, I think it's really it's really t- tough to decipher that. 
and and it's like Fair anything enough. else. And to me, like when I first when I first sort of like was dabbling in this sort of thing, um, I was like, this is no different than being at a at a bar. It's like a virtual bar. You're at a bar, and you you like like someone they like you back and you can strike up a conversation and it might go somewhere or it might not. Whereas I'm big on like, if you vibe with someone, like I, I need to vibe with them. (laughs) And I think that there's probably lots of people that I completely disregarded and probably that disregarded me that we probably would have been like a good match had we met in person because, um, I just think for me to be out with friends and meet like friends of friends or in in different situations or be at parties or whatnot is a much more effective way because you see the person, first of all. So you already know if you're attracted to them or not, from what I understand. And one of my friends has a really outrageous story about how he, um, this woman approached him online and they finally met and she was, he said, and and there were other people who verified this story that she was probably like 150 pounds heavier in real life than she had like let on to be over the internet, and okay. which which is which is fine, I guess. But and he was like, now she's gonna think that I'm not into her because of that. When really, it's like, why did you lie? You know, like it's. It, I think it's. I, I I don't know. It's a weird thing. Why again? God damn, more people didn't need to have read books. Like I just like to go <laughs> to the bookstore on a casual Saturday afternoon with my coffee, buying a book and be like, hey, I read that too. And then, you know, we have this like fun relationship and then we get married and travel the world. Why can't that happen to me? It will maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like it will maybe. <laughs> It will not. I never know. But do you, you see what know, I'm saying? Think, like, just for I, me personally, but I know there are people who have been very successful online dating personally. I don't know. Like, there's some that have and some that have. I guess there's stories either way. But I, I do also agree, too. There is kind of something, you know, nice, but just like meeting someone casually, just like without like, being on the like the hunt on like a an app or like a, mm-hmm. a, a platform because then you're like looking for like I, I agree and I think there's also kind of yeah just yeah exactly exactly okay what's the next here's, here's another so <laughs> millennials have more options around remote and flexible work mm-hmm. because of technology um, and things like that. Uh, we have these uh, digital nomads that <laughs> people that uh-huh. you know uh-huh. traveler and blog and whatnot. Is that uh, is that a positive uh, though? I can see how it is, but I also because I've had this argument a few too many times where I'm not going to name names, <clears throat> chats, but I've had people who have said, you know, I did all of this. I worked full time. I had kids. I put dinner on the table. I did da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't have a phone on you the entire time. Like all every waking hour that you were expected to answer. You know, I think there's, I think that's, what's tough about um, working remotely is that you're always accessible and therefore 
usually always expected to be like answering an email or working off hours or or maybe that's just the line of business that I'm in. But with that, I think there it does come with some 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 yeah. What am I trying to say? Sorry, I'm, I'm... there's some there's some negatives to that as well. Yes. I, I agree to some extent. I think so. My big thing is I think it's important to do something that you're passionate about. And so I used to be like big on this whole like work life balance. Like when you're at home, you have to like ignore you know work. Like have some time to wind down and and, and just like and, and breathe. But so. I started thinking about it more and I, I this is a whole other story, but I, I found this interesting, um, I think it was like a podcast or maybe it was like a Ted talk kind of thing, but it was talking about how um, work life balance is basically like BS. Like it's like, you should just enjoy what you're doing. Obviously you need time away from work, but it shouldn't be a chore to deal with a lot of work related things. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, the, in the things we're doing now have changed. However, I do think that's also like, that's, that's not how it is for a lot of people. And I think there's very few people that enjoy 100% of, of what they do. I think there's people that enjoy a lot of what they do, but I don't think there's a lot of people that enjoy like 100% of what they do. It's like, yes, I want to be on my phone all the time, but you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, I, I understand. And, and there are positives for sure. Like I, I know um, there's been times where I've been like, can I, I need to work from home? Like something crazy is happening. And my boss has been like, absolutely. That's not a problem. Um, And, and it's nice to be able to do that. Or even if you're just feeling not great um, to not have to go into the office and which for me is, is, is much more of a, a courtesy to other people because I hate when people come in when they're sick what are you doing? Cause I automatically get sick when they could just be working from home. You know, even if you just have to log off for like an hour and just take a quick nap or something, I think at the end of the day, the hours balance themselves out. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be a positive, but I, uh, there, there, there is a negative to that as well. Agreed. 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 Um, Next thing here, millennials are able to access health information more easily. I agree with that. It's like nutrition labels. There's like more strict requirements. I think we have access to a lot more like healthy, organic products, things like that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, that that is true. I I don't know if that's like a bonus for this generation as a whole. But I don't know why. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's a positive. Uh, able to access health information more easily. That's true. But there have been libraries since like, well, I don't know for how long. And there's a lot of information that people just haven't traditionally accessed ever. So I don't think it necessarily means that we're going to be more health conscious. I don't think that there's a, a link there. I think people have to be compelled to actually... Um, want to find that information or they have to be driven there somehow. Um, but I guess maybe if you have an app or something, but it is good to, to know for sure. But not even like for me, for example, though, like I, I definitely, I wouldn't say I'm the world's healthiest eater by, by any means, but um, because of like information that's on products, I'll normally read it 
like, you know, what is in this before I buy it? And I know like labeling, um, it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more information on there that legally has to be on products now. And I find like, that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like my parents would tell me like, but some of the stuff they would eat when they were younger, it's like, there wasn't like hardly any, you know, information on what they were eating. It could be like plastic, probably was plastic. That is, that is true. And now I in Ontario, um, I don't know if this is a lot other places, but here in Ontario, you have to put the calorie content in what you order, yeah. like in restaurants and stuff. And that has definitely deterred some of my choices <laughs> when I'm out. Yeah. Um, because you're right. Sometimes there's these hidden things that you just didn't think, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess that is a positive. All right next that's just my take yeah that's just my take on it um and um millennials are able to learn outside of a traditional classroom so mm-hmm. online courses uh just like i mean through either like a, a college or university or just you know like youtube learning stuff through youtube things like that this is very true um because I know people who have taught themselves languages and instruments. Um, I taught myself, I've taught myself a couple things through YouTube, just different things. And like YouTube it, you know, where I would probably have to hire someone to do that. I remember once I, I was knitting a hat or something and I wanted to knit a flower and I didn't know how. So I just YouTubed it. And then 15 minutes later I had a flower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's Very cool. Mm-hmm. Neato Cheeto. <laughs> um, and finally, and last but certainly not least, uh, millennials face less stigma around mental health issues. I think that's a big one. Yeah, that's important. Um, I think that's very, very important. I think that overall, there's a lot of barriers that are being uh, dismantled. Um, and stigmas that are being dismantled in the in the Western world. I, I, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I think in our society, I think there's a lot of different stigmas and uh, such as mental health that are being dismantled a little bit more um, and becoming a little bit more talked about. Um, yeah, that's a bonus for sure. I think that there's a lot of things that pe- like my parents have said to me, like this would have never been talked to about about back in our day or, you know, this issue never would have been cared about like the women's movement or like black lives matter or whatever, you know, these kids that were marching for their lives last week. Uh Uh Um, It's, it's great to see this kind of progress. And I've, I've, I actually tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago where I said like, what did, what an incredible time to be alive because I feel like there's so much social change happening. And when I was, studying in school, you know, we closely examined um, the protests and, and the this, this social changes that were happening in the 60s. And I was like, oh, what a cool time to be alive. Like, imagine being a part of that. And I feel like this is kind of a second wave of a lot of those things where, um, you know, and I guess it really is the power of social media and, and other things that people are are having these conversations finally. And, um, I'm hoping that we're going to see some great positive results from these movements and demonstrations and protests. It's, it's just so, I feel so lucky 
to be alive right now and that I have a choice and also feel compelled, like a responsibility to, um, to be on the right side of history. Like I, I want to be able to say, you know, I, I don't know if I'll have kids or whatnot, but even like my, my cousins, my little roommate, my landlord slash roommate, um, <laughs> she, I want to be able to like look at her one day, you know, and say like, I did everything I could to make this world a better place for you or to break down barriers for you so that you could, you know, have more access to X, Y, Z or equality or what have you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be you able to I say that for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you are doing that. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are. Oh, no. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. A better place. Yeah. It's important. It's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that's all of them. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the only good I'm thing gonna... about being a millennial. Question. That's I have it. a I actually have a that's question it. for you. <laughs> yes. How do you define a millennial? Because I've had this conversation many times with many people and I think I've found the answer, but I'm I'm curious to know how you would define a millennial. Well, th- th- this article says people that are born between 1981 and 1996. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a millennial. Okay. What are do you Well, because for a long time, I was like, I don't consider myself a millennial because of the stigma that comes around them, like lazy, entitled, whatever. I'm like, I've been grinding for as long as I can remember. Like, don't ever slap that label on me. Um, but I read somewhere that you can define a millennial as anyone, like a young person who 9-11 was the first real world event that they can recall. Interesting. And I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because that's the first, truly the first world event where I can remember where I was, what I was doing, what I was wearing when I heard that, what that happened, when that happened. I can't think hmm. of anything before that. I've never heard that, but hmm. that's interesting. Hmm. I don't necessarily disagree. Mm-hmm. But then once I've said that to people, because I actually had, um, interns working for me the past couple of years that had no would only know about 9-11 based on things they've heard on tv like they weren't even alive and i was or like they were too young to to remember and i was like what um and some of them weren't alive yeah i guess that was 2001 right so or was it 2011 i whatever um yeah, they were too young. And I was like, that's insane. Like, don't you remember where you were? And I was like, oh, this is the new generation. This is, it's true. That's how you kind of, I guess that's kind of like a different way you can define a millennial. I thought that was pretty interesting. And Very and then this website went on to say like all the other generations, like this would be the first world event that they would be able to recall. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I never actually considered that, mm-hmm. but I guess like that does make, sense mm-hmm. very very interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah hmm. anyway well, look at that. Yeah. well anyway, our flight is about to land been- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our flight is about to land <laughs> oh my god we'll probably be listening to this on the plane you realize that? <laughs> yes we can listen to it this is fun 
this will be a nice little surprise and we hope you guys enjoy it too <laughs> if you don't always give us feedback please please do mm-hmm. oh and, uh, oh i'm sorry wait before we go can i give a shout out a long overdue shout out because now that i started giving shout outs all everyone's like where's my shout out oh shit <sighs> Are you ready for the law and order? Because I think you need to cue that up. It's 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 queued up. I would like to give a shout out to my cousin Steph. (laughs) 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 My cousin Steph is like our number one fan. I don't know how I haven't given her a shout out. And I talk about her in basically every single episode. I don't know how she's my cousin landlord slash like life guru slash dance partner slash Netflixing queen um, that I'm, I've been obsessed with basically my entire life. Like I, she seems amazing. She is. (laughs) You have no idea. And um, I feel so lucky to be able to live here with her. I love her so much. So Steph, consider this your shout out. We love you. And I'm going to try to get her on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. That would be so, so much fun. Thanks for, Let's do it. Thanks for tuning in on your commute every yes. Monday. <laughs> and thank you to everyone else for listening yes. as well. If you want us to give you a shout out, tweet me or Chris. <laughs> do that now. <laughs> please do it (laughs) anyways guys until next time (laughs) (laughs) we want to hear from you visit us at nowservingpodcast.com new podcasts are released weekly don't forget to subscribe